So who's allowed to be a dreamer? Who's deciding what the dream is? Who's writing the narrative of what U.S. immigration policy is acceptable? Let's go, this, is, this is imperfect. This is it. Babe. Yes, babe. No, Alabama in the house. What's what up? What? what the hell time it is over there? Right. All these different time zones. Is this a good Damn. time to go live? Tanzania. Tanzania. Oh my God. What? Like this is what? our international live oh, broadcast. Oh, Jersey. Not that Jersey. Okay. Across Houston, the water. Texas. How are y'all? Yes, roll call Houston. Roll, roll call, call Houston. South, Seattle was good. Utah. Cuzzo. Oh, what cousin is this is, one of my cousins? It's probably Ebony's Maybe, cousin. Maybe, probably one of my finest. What's good with y'all? You oh, say you're cheers. my cousin, you might be. <laughs> Cuzzo, you have to, I don't know you by your I know. handle. Well, your Beats. Instagram. This Chris. Chris. Who's Chris? Is it Big C? I don't know. I'm going to get back with you, ATL though. and this bitch, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Bennington, Vermont. <laughs> What up from Bali? I can't with you, Danya. I can't deal with you at all. Chris Lanson. <laughs> oh, hi, cousin Chris. Oh, that's my cousin. Your cousin. My cousin. Okay, I forgot. Hi, cousin Chris. Cousin. Tell cousin Lynn I said hi. That's my favorite cousin, my cousin Chris and oh, my cousin nice. Devontae, my two favorite cousins. Okay, nobody's, none of my cousins are on. Somebody fake like they related to me so I could feel like I have a cousin on. You always got to be included. I do. I don't yeah, have narcissists. Yeah. Ooh, are you? I'm, I'm not. Scared. I just totally lied. I'm like the exact opposite of that. You're I love on here. Well, we're going to get this thing started. We don't have too much time on our hands. Right. But here we are with a special episode of Hood Rat to Head Rap. It's called Game Give It. Now, I know some of y'all have heard of Thanksgiving. Um, thanks taking as some people say. Yes. Um, but we are going to have games giving. Games. And it's Can you explain what that is? Where what we is just give giving? hella game and we have a game exchange. Game exchange. Where we just exchange hella game. Y'all give us some game. We give you some game. I know a lot of jargony sort of legislative things are happening. There are a lot of acronyms being thrown out. Mm-hmm. Um, legislation is difficult to sometimes read for a reason because they really don't want you to know what they mean, which is usually a veiled attempt to say something racist or to enact something discriminatory. So the more you can't read it, D-A-C-A-B-A-B-C, the D-O-H, C-D-C. the C-D-C, the PPNYC. PPNYC, all the dumb <laughs> shit. You know, they could just tell Even you what it is. Even though none of the things you just listed were acronyms so for legislation or actually organizations. Same shit, doesn't matter. Another one of those acronyms to describe mm-hmm. the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. So DACA, being from California, that's something I've heard about a lot. Okay. Um, there's a huge... A regional understanding, because I haven't... Really yeah, there's heard a about huge, that a lot growing yeah. up on the East Coast. Yeah, so we mm-hmm. have a lot of immigration... Um, that happens given that California is Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Which literally, I'm not even trying to be cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to read this excerpt from Vox.com about DACA and the previous legislation that informed it, the DREAM Act. So these children became known as DREAMers after the DREAM Act, a piece of legislation meant to give them a path to citizenship first introduced in 2001. But with that legislation stalled in Congress, President Barack Obama in 2012 created the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, or DACA. While it didn't give them a path to citizenship, DACA offered DREAMers a temporary grant of protection from deportation and a permit to work legally in the United States. The protections last two years, after which immigrants can apply to renew for them. Not all DREAMers became DACA recipients. To apply for DACA, immigrants have to come to the U.S. before 2007 and have been 15 or younger when they arrived, and younger than 31 when DACA was created in June 2012. They had to have a nearly spotless criminal record and be enrolled in high school or have a high school diploma or equivalent. I'm going to break that down. So at the end of the day, U.S. immigration policy has not improved. 
under the Obama administration, and it certainly won't uh, improve under the Trump administration. U.S. immigration policy has always been similar to that of the principles that this country was founded on, which are white supremacists. If you're an immigrant and your proximity to whiteness is not such that you deserve even a temporary stay. DACA is only a two-year temporary stay. Um, If you're not deemed worthy to give your body, give your labor, be a part of the workforce, it really is a self-serving legislation and system that really only benefits the rich who would use immigrants for their labor and discard them when they're no longer needed. It's racist. Is xenophobic, and it really cuts out a significant portion of immigrants whose dreams were deferred before they even got a chance. But there's also been a lot of rhetoric from folks being like, I admire this country. I may not be American by blood, um, but I am a worthy member of this country. I love this country. This country is hella admirable. Um, and I just, I have some game to give about that. Good. What's As the game? A, um, and like you told me earlier, it's a privileged statement because I was born in the United States under dubious circumstances, obviously because I'm black. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up here and it's certainly a privilege mm-hmm. to have been born in this country at the time that I was, but ain't nothing admirable about this place. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times the same rhetoric of nationalism and patriotism and that in xenophobia that white people use mm-hmm. to tell people they don't belong. I think a lot of times um, immigrant communities can adopt that and assimilate into that mm-hmm. way in order to survive. Mm-hmm. So to adopt certain things that'll help you get by like anti-blackness mm-hmm. um, to survive. Yep. Um, or to adopt this idea that some nation state yep. that is that has legalized slavery and state sanctioned violence mm-hmm. against the communities that you come from. Yeah. Um, yeah, to think that that's something to aspire to or that you have to be some patriot in order to prove that you deserve to be here um, is backwards logic. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand it. I'm, so, I'm totally empathetic to it, but the game that I want to give, especially to folks um, who feel like they have to prove that they need to be here, you don't have to prove you need to be here. But that is a, that's a privileged statement, that you yeah. don't have to prove that you, have, that you want to be here or that you should be here. Right. It's a privileged statement. And I don't think that immigrant communities believe that they need to say that. I think it's a matter of saying it for survival. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, granted, I can't even say that, that I don't know that immigrant communities don't believe that that's true because they could very well believe that this country is great. Right. It's a comparative statement. Right. Right. To what they're used to. Right. To some idea of what the United States is until they come and they realize it. Right. Like living abroad, a lot of folks have these perceptions of the United States and they oftentimes are not, <laughs> they do not match the reality right. of living here. Yeah. So I think some of that is, I don't really know much about this place, but I know that there's more opportunity than where I'm from. Right. And there's also just the complete ignorance of the history of this country and also the current <laughs> like standing of this country. Right. And also if I pretend to mm-hmm. like it, people may leave me alone. Mm-hmm. You know, if I create some type of proximity to whiteness and I'm see white people, they do pretty well here. Yep. I should probably totally. be fucking with them or somehow try to curry favor with the dominating class yep. in this country. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't knock, I, I won't never knock it. Yeah. Because you don't really hear black people talking about, I love this country. No, not, no. not or, often. Or, you know, first generation immigrants talking about, I love the United no, States. No, they don't. They, they don't. don't. They don't. So, they yeah, don't. you're right. It's usually rhetoric of white people. Right. And there's also mm-hmm. this idea of being American by blood. Oftentimes, I sh- and you and I had this conversation, even as somebody who is black American, I don't call myself black American, and I don't consider myself to be American. And you said that you do. You consider yourself to be American. And I just I'm don't. curious to why you don't consider yourself. This is good. I'm curious to why you don't consider yourself American. But that's so this is what I'm getting at. This sort of meta idea. Poppy, you don't want to be in this screen, huh? So y'all see me. What's really good? <laughs> it's this meta idea, y'all, that like because I was born in this place, this First of all, we have to go back to the topography of, this, of the world. Topography, what's that topography word? Topography is just like the landscape. So if you were looking at, from a bird's eye view at this country, 
Okay. You would see all of these lines and shit. Even when you fly on an airplane, y'all know y'all look down, you see those dumbass lines. Right. Like, these are synthetic borders. Right. That were created for a reason. Uh-huh. And these, dis- even re- with districting, there's ways that communities and neighborhoods are situated in order to put people in certain places. Right. And so... Granted, yes, in the literal sense, I'm not going to be a dumbass. In the literal sense, I know that I was born on, on the North American continent. Yeah. But I think if I'm coming from a radical ethic and a, a radical politic or really an anti-politic, I'm not going to sit up here and claim a nation state that sanctions violence, the same violence that had me end up here anyway, that had black people end up here anyway. I just can't. What does it even mean to say you are American? What is what does that even mean? But I think you this, born in a place, so you are from here. But I think this goes back to what you always talk about is the idea that we kind of move away from that our ancestors were slaves. A lot of blackness. When I say we, I mean black folks. We talk about oftentimes we talk about oh you know our ancestors were kings and queens, and we skip the part that our ancestors were also in, were enslaved. You mm-hmm. know, they were slaves. So I, for me, living when I lived in um, Ethiopia, I was a Peace Corps volunteer. A lot of people talked to me about, you know, they would say, where are you from? Mm-hmm. And I would say, I'm from the United States. And I say, well, where are you really from? Like, where are you from in Africa? And that was always hard for me because I had to explain slavery. So me claiming at America, or the United States rather, saying America is also the disruption of these like synthetic lines, as you say, because America is actually an entire continent or North America is an entire continent. So I don't say, I get why you wouldn't say America. Okay. So I get that. So I guess it would be I'm black United Statesian because a black American implies that I'm from the whole North American continent. But the reason why I say American, like I identify with that, is to reclaim or claim my my heritage here, right. which is is enslaved. Right. And I'm, comple- I'm, I'm completely okay with that. I used to say that I'm African-American. I'm not from here. Right. I'm from African. And then I lived in Africa and I got really quickly how I'm not African. Right. Like I have African in my blood. Absolutely. But I'm not from that continent. That's right. not, I don't understand that culture. Like I understand the culture from the United States. If that yes. makes sense. That makes a lot Her of sense. cultures. Africa is not a country. Got it. Yeah. So Tassi said, it's like saying we're from the Bay for black folks. It's not about claiming the land, but rather saying how the land has influenced us. And I do. Bel- and, and with that, I think, as somebody who recognizes the completely crazily rich contributions that black Americans have made, the unparalleled contributions that black Americans have made, I mm-hmm. would go a step further and say there was no America and there was no American okay. culture until there were black people. Come on, preacher. So you got the whole jerk and everything. Right. But <laughs> right. But at the same time, I have the ability to say how I have the ability to say that I want to divest from that idea, from that ideology. Our ancestors didn't get to say I'm American. Every day of their lives, they had their Americanism conditioned, and it, it was super conditional for them. You right. American, by first of all, you wasn't even human as right. a slave, right? given the doctrines that found this country. right? So why... Then would I assume that they felt American? Certainly they did. There's a lot of literature to, you know, Frederick Douglass, huge on I'm American. Um, Langston Hughes, I too. W. Dubois. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Langston Hughes, I too am America. Like Mm -hmm. we are, we are constantly fighting to be a part of this country Mm -hmm. because we're not from here. Right. I don't really find it that. Yeah. I think it's a political stance. It it's really a, it's almost like a direct action to say that. When I hear America, I think it's an identity politic that I can divest from. And I don't think my ancestors, I don't think we know enough about how our ancestors identify, what their national politics were, and how they viewed their nationality if they were not considered human and not treated the same as they would, nor given the same protections under the law of this nation. I just don't think that that makes sense. And I think they might have sip the tea and been like damn i'm not really feeling that and that's real and i think in now in real time me you know me Mm -hmm. as a person here Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to say oh Mm -hmm. i don't when you go and you travel abroad Mm -hmm. it's just when people ask you where you're from it's it's really challenging to be like 
Where, like, where are you gonna say it's, Maryland? It's challenging, like, and I will. I'll say East Oakland because East Oakland is important to know that East Oakland black but culture. But you need black, to say where East Oakland is. I can tell you that, that it's is. on the. It's in California, which was a former part of the United States and during manifest. Okay, former part of Mexico and during manifest destiny. That's real. The United States took it over. That's real. It was a former Spanish colony, but really, it belongs to indigenous. Mexicans. I really want to follow you around another country and have you answer. But this well, the thing is, in our language, y'all, it takes. Totally. I know it's belaboring to talk. Yes, I know motherfuckers talk, <laughs> talk, 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 talk. Like it just be too much talking, and it don't be enough walking. I get it, I get it. But it's just like if we do not change our language around reality, our reality will will not shift. In my opinion, yeah. like we keep talking like we Amer. What the fuck is American? Right. If one day you could be working about to buy a $200,000 house and they tell you, you got to leave in six months because it is some DACA because of some stupid ass legislation that's been rescinded. The DACA shouldn't even exist. People should be able to come here, but it does exist. It does. And yes. for folks who are not black American, folks who are, are actually African American or are migrating to this country, they don't get the loan for $200,000. To have a home. Yeah. They but- don't get that. They have to navigate this country and its cultures, right? And the language to, to be able to survive here. So right. there is, I don't know, there's, I don't, it's not so much honor, but I think it's, it's a privilege to say that I am from the United States. It's a privilege to say that, or to be able to denounce being from the United States. So you mentioning that you don't necessarily believe that you're from the U.S. or you don't identify as an American is a privilege. And there's it, 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 the privilege comes from being able to say that or not. Because if you were coming back from a country outside of the U.S. and you went through immigration, you, I would assert, don't have the same nervousness as someone who is not from this country does. Because immigration officers are fucking awful so to say you know on this podcast yeah i don't i don't necessarily relate to being from the united states or being american i get i get that and i understand where that comes from and i also carry similar sentiments but we have to acknowledge that that is a privileged statement and that other people can't just denounce that they become americans so they can have the whatever you know uh, freedoms to travel here and there and live here and without being mobility, without being attacked, killed, you know, questioned, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. When you go and you travel abroad, mm-hmm. it's just when people ask you where you're from, it's it's really challenging to be like, where? Like, where are you going to Ch- say? I'm a, and I will, I'll say East Oakland because East Oakland is important to know. That East Oakland black but culture, but you need black, to say where East Oakland is. I can tell you that, that it's is. on the. It's in California, which was a former part of the United States and during manifest. Okay, former part of Mexico and during manifest destiny. That's real. The United States took it over. That's real. It was a former Spanish colony, but really, it belongs to indigenous. Mexicans. I really want to follow you around another country and have you answer. But this well, the thing is, in our language, y'all, it takes. Totally. I know it's belaboring to talk. Yes, I know motherfuckers talk, <laughs> talk, 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 talk. Like it just be too much talking, and it don't be enough walking. I get it. I get it. But it's just like if we do not change our language around reality, our reality will will not shift. In my opinion, yeah. like we keep talking like we Amer. What the fuck is American? Right. If one day you could be working about to buy a $200,000 house and they tell you you got to leave in six months because it is some DACA because of some stupid ass legislation that's been rescinded. The DACA shouldn't even exist. People should be able to come here. But it does exist. It does. And yes. for folks who are not black American, folks who are, are actually African American or are migrating to this country, they don't get the loan for $200,000. To have a home. Yeah, they but- don't get that. They have to navigate this country and its cultures, right? And the language to, to be able to survive here. So right. there is, I don't know, there's, I don't, it's not so much honor, but I think it's, it's a privilege to say that I am from the United States. Where does the privilege lie? 
No, no, no. I'm saying, but I think we have to acknowledge that it's a privilege. The pri- babe, I told you that it, <laughs> look in that room over there, there is a toilet that flushes. There is water that runs out of these faucets with, with ease. I don't ever have to walk anywhere to get water. They're basic necessities, right? Light, the lights stay on as long as I pay the bill. Right. They're never going to turn off because the government is like, you know what? Screw this. It's not going to happen. There are, ve- there are very distinct things that don't happen in this country that happen in a lot of other ones. Yes. So I'm, I'm not saying that the United States is like, you know, the best place on earth. It absolutely has a shit. But I'm telling you, there are some things about this country that work. Creature comforts. Creature comforts, totally. And, 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 th- and our ability to indulge and consume whenever we feel like it. But I think it's important to note that it is a privilege to live in this country. And to, to, but to denounce that, I think, is, is irresponsible. I'm not going to denounce the privilege. I mm-hmm. know that it exists. And I want people to be able to indulge freely, mm-hmm. no matter where you come from. And I don't want you to mistake what I'm saying as, you know, xenophobic bullshit. What I'm saying is just is really based on me traveling. Right. But also, I feel like there's another country. That's true. But there's also a Western perception that other places don't have those creature comforts or that people don't enjoy a high quality of life from other countries. And there are absolutely examples. There's this always this this narrative about immigration that, you know, motherfucker was, you know, running down you know the crossing the border you know fleeing persecution or Mm -hmm. you know fleeing something or violence or and those are absolutely narratives that exist but there are also motherfuckers who from a western non-western lands like they have a whole set of cultures and traditions and they're just as nationalistic and proud of where the hell they come from and and regardless of the creature comforts that they may not have or that they may have you know what I mean? There are there are places in this world that are comparable to the United States. Yeah, and I think I'm not we saying very... that the United Well, that's what I mean by mm-hmm. I'm not being xenophobic. It's not that the United States is end all be all. I'm mm-hmm. just speaking from the conversation that mm-hmm. are we saying that we're United Statesian? Are we saying we're American? Mm-hmm. And that comparison of like, well, why am I saying that if this place is shit and it doesn't offer me anything? Mm-hmm. And I think that statement is a place of privilege. It's totally a place of privilege because people do come here seeking refuge from their countries. So, and, and granted, probably not the best idea, but at the same time, it there wor- are I mean, some it things works. here that work. It works for <laughs> them. Whatever works for each individual person and their circumstances, I'm feeling that. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm, this is not lost on me, your point, Erica. Mm-hmm. For example, one of the biggest things at stake with DACA, well, well, a lot of times when we think about immigration law, we, for some reason, don't think about black people from other continents and that and honestly that is the the face of it it's kind of like the work that i do around breast cancer Mm -hmm. the face of daca is a particular face yeah so what a particular yeah if you google like daca right now what comes up is a white passing latinx person yeah just gonna call it what it is yeah and the thing is it's like a j-lo or a mark anthony and not all people in you know latinx countries look like j-lo or mark anthony right so where is the conversation mark anthony you don't know who Mark Anthony is? What? We'll go back to that. It's I know like a pop singer or something. Yeah, somebody so saying the national. I'm gonna play it for you later. Don't. The national anthem of Puerto Rico's national anthem is so good. It's okay, so babe. delicious. Okay, but okay. So my point <laughs> is that yes, there is a particular face. Yes. Um, of immigration, but there are a great number of black immigrants. There are a great number of Afro Latinx and African immigrants. Um, who stand to lose a great deal um, because this legislation is being rescinded. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, Haiti um, has, Haiti's economy has essentially been revitalized by remittances. And that's essentially one and a half, in 2015, I believe, one and a half billion dollars was sent back to Haiti from the United States, from people mm-hmm. who've immigrated to, yep. to the United States yep. from Haiti, yep. sending money back to their families. Yeah. Uh, $1.5 billion wow. worth of money wow. being sent back and pumped back into Haiti. Haiti's local economy. Yeah. That's going to affect a shit ton of people. Yeah. And, and that's it, what happens when yeah. folks come here for the most part, they send money home. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's real. And that's it's real, this real nigga shit. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I and sometimes they go back home, right? But it's the opportunity to to support your family abroad, right? <clears throat> I don't know. Living in other countries and seeing the <clears throat> the 
I don't know, the almost necessity or urge to get to the United States, I had a different understanding and appreciation of this country. Obviously, I think the country is bullshit, but at the same time, it's, it's, you have, we're speaking from the perspective of being, you, we're not immigrants. We are from the United States. I get that, babe. But, we, I but, think- but you have to speak. You have to talk. About, you're not. You don't have the, the. You don't ever have to fear being deported from this country. Yes. I ever. never have to fear ever. being deported from this you country. You don't ever have to fear going up and trying to figure out how to get a passport or a license or anything. You don't have to do that. You can pull out your social security card with no issue. And I think that's the grand paradox that was like basic necessities things that we should that all humans are Mm -hmm. have the right to do Mm -hmm. like have a driver's license have like it's just i don't know i get very meta about this shit it's like all these systemic institutional structural things like a social security card like citizenship we are so thankful for even our citizenship comes with a price totally i, I totally get as that. a black person it doesn't totally look the that. same being a citizen of the united states as it does being a white person yeah i mean when ethiopians come here and they become citizens of this country and they begin working here and they were doctors in ethiopia and then they're working at a starbucks here they get very quickly the difference yeah <laughs> i have friends like that they understand now how quick how different it is and it's not that the roads are paved with gold and that it's super easy to live here and because obama was president racism is gone yeah. it's bullshit right and that's the that's the i get what you're saying i just I think just, that I just, we i think make, i'm not being meta about it i'm no, being literal you are but i think yeah. it's, it's important because the impact um you know how white people be speaking on shit that they'll never understand i don't want to be like that i'm not an immigrant and I don't want to attribute experience right. and emotions or anything to the immigration experience because I have it and I will never experience that firsthand. Yeah, and it's so a I'm position gonna... of privilege you're speaking from. You have to they have to call a spade a spade. You got to. Yeah. And I will I'm speaking from that position. Yeah. I'm also speaking from as a black person who feels really exiled. And I don't really That's feel real. like I'm from this place. I don't really feel and like I don't, I think it's I'm a, not treated like I'm an American. I'm not true. Whatever fuck America supposed to be treated like. Right. In my experience, American is really being treated like shit. Yeah. And that's what America is and American is to me. Yeah. That is what that identity is loaded with. And that is the experience I have. We can't call Africa home. I can't call Africa home necessarily. I can't call here home. Yeah. So where do, where am I from? Right. That's why I say East Elkins, it's the only place I'm known. Right. That's the only place where I, I know I, I, we have our own language, the Bay Area. We you have really our own do. customs. That's my home. That's as close to Africa as I'm going to get is East Oakland. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> my baby um, gets so enraged. It is enraging. You get so passionate. It enra- so, okay, we're going to move on. From, so, <laughs> the, well, my main point to wrap that game up is it don't go for the okie don't. Go, don't fall for the forced patriotism. Of this country. There are a number of resources online that we'll post later or after this video. Mm-hmm. Um, a number of links that will literally tell you if you are somebody who is being affected by DACA being rescinded. And I'll post some you, of my stories. And as you well. have friends who are um, affected by this issue. We have, a, I have two or three really highly vetted resources that are going to tell you what's up. It's not hella scare tech because it's not being rescinded for another six months. Um, people still have their protections in place right now. Yeah. Um, you just need to know mm-hmm. the exact information. It's just like when you go on, I remember I was on food stamps. Yeah. You got to go to social services. You need you gotta to know. Navigate exactly. You got to navigate yeah. it. And I have some resources that you can share with your friends. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Chani Nicholas, our queer astrologer who called out Burning Man participants for going to Burning Man, but in talking about how great Burning Man is, but not actually going out to protest. DACA. But we all know Birdie Man is whack. You're the first. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to um, move on. We're in Flatbush, and if you're not familiar with the culture of Flatbush, it is a predominantly West Indian community, and annually there is the West Indian Day Parade and Juve, which is around um, Labor Day weekend, which I believe happens in Oh, in the Caribbean, in the West Indies mm-hmm. as well. It's just celebrated in Brooklyn um, for the folks who live here. And there's a huge West Indian community. So living here, it was kind of like being in the West Indies yesterday. If you saw some of my posts, um, it's always like being in the West Indies Every here. But day. yesterday was literally like being in the West Indies. Like all the costumes, 
people in little tiny clothes. Which I love. Really, what you at? Okay, uh-huh. Lots of flags everywhere, just repping. Hella dance hall party um, in the mouth. Yeah, so they was, it was, they, they had a function, life. they had a function, the whole We weren't here, so people were like, I heard it was amazing. I also heard it was amazing, but we didn't stay. We went to Connecticut for the weekend to visit some friends. Um, but we are part of a Facebook group, which I believe, um, wholeheartedly was created by white people yes. about, <laughs> and if it wasn't, then shit, right. okay, I wouldn't, I couldn't tell. <laughs> That's a, for the neighborhood. And it's, you know, there's probably no West Indians in this group. I doubt anyone has ever questioned, um, if there's any, you know, community, actual community members, but it's mostly gentrifiers. So yesterday, Ebony showed me a post that said, um, the NYPD, you did it. You killed the West Indian Day Parade, something, 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 like you killed Eric Garner. And I was highly enraged by this because this is a white person talking about the NYPD killing a parade in the same, in the same way that they killed um, Eric Garner. Using and an th- innocent person's death to make <clears throat> a moot point about a parade that they... Actually, we're talking about Juvet. Well, they're talking about both. Both. They're talking about, they were using Juve as well, but it was like, it was like, here, the, the NYPD, you did it. Not the white people that are moving into the community that the NYPD are now coming more because they're actually there to protect white people, mm-hmm. but the NYPD. And I was so upset that they would use Eric Garner to actually have people like, like their post or pay attention to it. They're just using the death of an innocent black person to make a point. And I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that live in this neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and we kind of went off. <laughs> well, Ebony definitely went off. In this um, this group, and I, you know, you had some pivy pivy thoughts about it. I won't. Well, steal your so thoughts, but. back to giving game. We finna give some more game. So I learned um, Juve is a. I believe Juve is celebrated across a myriad number of West Indian cultures, which the West Indian the West Indies are comprised of a number of countries with very nuanced and very. Um, very nuanced and very traditions. Yeah. One thing probably all of them have in common is the Atlantic slave trade. Yeah. Um, and that's what they have in common with us. Yeah. Um, and so basically Juve is like a way, um, it was used during slavery time. It was like the slaves were making fun of their masters. So mm-hmm. they, in making fun and mocking the evil of slavery. Right. So in, during Juve, people dress up with like devil horns and they got these flyers outfits and they got paint, red and black paint and shit all over them yeah. and glitter and they just wilding out and they're just really mocking the slave masters Yeah. Um, and really celebrating the triumph of good over evil, evil of being slavery. Yeah. It is literally like a, a celebra- slave celebration. It is a celebration rooted in a slave tradition. Yeah. And you got this white man in this group pretty much saying, he said to, um, during a comment, he was like, uh, I love West Indians. They're the best. And now I can't enjoy like my shark and my spicy corn and like naming all these foods. And the thing is, is what you don't know is last year and probably years, anytime there's a, a lot of people congregating, any people, white people, black people, Latinx people, indigenous people, there's probably going to be violence because that's just what happens when a lot of people congregate. People get heated. People get upset about silly things. And, and the culture of um, the United States, as we were just talking about, is very violent. So if it's happening here and there's a lot of people congregating, there's probably going to be violence. It doesn't matter if it's the West Indian Day Parade or the Irish Day Parade. There's going to be some violence. So last year there was um, a man who hit on a young woman and we'll get you the name in the name was Tierra Puglia I think I'm pronouncing her name wrong the person that's excellent with names has a name um was shot say her name was shot and killed because she did she said no to dancing with this person so that that kind of colored I think colored this year's parade because what people don't talk about is that how did that happen if the police were supposed to be protecting black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did that happen? How did a person get shot 
and killed at a parade that sank that's literally in the city. How did it even get to shot and the city. First. Right. How did that get happen? Get to inappropriate touching and grabbing how, of another human. Right. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. But then what people do, what white people do and what white people have been doing in this group and continuously, I see this all the time, especially when there's um, protests or riots is when they say things like, oh, they were being violent. As if there's no way to control the violence. Mm-hmm. As if there's no way to manage that sort of thing happening. Mm-hmm. This year there was no... I don't believe anybody was killed this year. Mm-hmm. And, and why is that? Why did it take someone being shot and killed last year for police presence to increase this year? Yeah. And then now people are saying things like, oh, it's their fault. They're, it's, you know, they, they come together to celebrate so they can do um, criminal activity. That's what someone said in the group. They come together to celebrate so they can do criminal activity. And I said, you know what? That's actually incredibly anti-black and incredibly problematic that you said that. And she said, there's other POC that agree with me. So this brings us to our our conversation that we have all the time is that not all skin folk are kin folk. It's just that's not the case. Just because a person of color, and we've talked about that term before, says something that's anti-black does not mean that it's okay to say and that okay to then, you know, second or give your... I don't know, just agree with this ridiculous. Right. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm just super upset by this whole thread that was happening in this yeah, private oh my group. God, he's the most passionate guy in Brooklyn. Like, oh my God, like I'm going to miss his photos. You know, a lot of them is older people too. Shout out to all my older people. I'm not yeah. going to be ageist right now. There's a lot of older white folks on there. And they, you know, when they get on the internet, they do weird stuff like, they be posting like, yeah. hey, how you doing? On the yeah. like, on a picture or something, on a Facebook or a live, wall. like, yeah. right, like, <laughs> hey, how, like, as if people are gonna actually speak back or they're right. like, you know, those, um, I don't know if y'all remember Word Art or Microsoft Art yeah. or whatever that shit was, like the clip art, the clip art, yes. shit, like that he posts pictures in the group that people really like, yeah, but it's like stuff like that, like really bad portraiture and like you know stick drawings damn near in a digital form i've seen these two people they're not that old though they're like it mid-40s look, it don't matter they was in there really lamenting to my oh his sins somebody whatever the sins were that he committed wasn't worth the the punishment didn't fit the crime and right i'm gonna miss his photography and he was just he cares so he left, what evidence not telling you is that this person that made the comment about eric garner left the group after we think after ebony came for him so i came for him on a number of occasions i said you might be a fan <laughs> of black culture but you are no friend of black people right and i had to come for the black people in that group because i'm like we are so conditioned to white supremacy that we will even support and regard a white person highly even when they don't deserve it they've done yeah. literally nothing to yeah. to earn it yeah what makes space for it yeah and because i mean what that's what we did during slavery as well we made space for massa and his wife right. to kill us right we made space for that it's in our bodies right and white people be really tricking us with this whole like it's gaslighting where it's it be gaslighting. Like, we can only win if we work together you know, we all need to come together. We know that's what they're saying in this group. And if you say anything, you know, against that, then you're the problem. Yeah. Hello, Malcolm X. Right. It's right. a problem if you say right. anything against that. Right. Then you are no longer, okay, back, we come full circle. You are no longer a proud American. No. It's revoked as mm-hmm. soon as you don't follow what white people agree with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All day. Yeah. And he, he was a West, he had the nerve to brag about chiding a West Indian, um, presumably femme mm-hmm. police officer because she was crying or something to him and was like, oh, you know, they killed it. They killed it. But you have paint on. And he was like, this is paint from last year. And just I one of the weird, that. Dirty, so you got paint Brooklyn on from white last people, year? Like what? But I'm then confused. he was like, I told her you killed it. So you're going to tell a West Indian person, a West, police officer or not, you're going to tell a West Indian person that they killed. That's the idiot. And what did you say? Who are they there to protect? They're, right. And the thing is, this is the same group that literally reports sap noise complaints that reports people Flood walking lights. around floodlights, people walking around with pit bulls. Like, oh, it's a dark skinned man with a pit bull walking on the corner. I see him now. The same people the who call Flatbush PLG. Right. So, hey. There we go. That's the situation. And Erica, you, I, it, this made me really think um, about the conversation that we had. I got so mad one day. I think I might have got street harassed or, you know, we read as, I'm a trans man for all of you don't know, but, and I'm queer too. And I read as queer, I think, mm-hmm. to other people. Um, 
And I got so mad and I was just like, you know, I want to plant this nigga in the ground like a seed. You know what I mean? Like, I really want to, you know, get a body bag. Babe, 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 babe. Okay. Too much. All right. But that's how I'm, t- I'm just telling you how I felt. Um, Prospect Lefford's Gardens. Yeah, somebody, some people call it that. Yeah. Yeah, like I... White um, people call it that. Yeah, so I was having a conversation about with Erica about all... And it's real to think... to, to to speak about the ways that we feel. Violence is done unto people and done unto marginalized groups. It's no way that motherfuckers don't think that we also don't have violent feelings in return. Yeah. Like, that's a fallacy. But yeah. she was talking about, like, how gentrification makes black people relate to each other in weird ways. Yeah. The effects of gentrification on how we even regard one another or not regard one another mm-hmm. or regard white people more or welcome them to the businesses in, in Flatbush mm-hmm. and to the black owned businesses that are left and welcome them with open arms and not even blink two eyes when a black person comes into the shop. Yep. Um, it I don't destroys- know if you want to talk more about that. Not much, but gentrification destroys cultures. It destroys cultures completely. So if it's a predominantly black neighborhood, something, a place like Bedford-Stuyvesant, which is another neighborhood in Brooklyn, predominantly black neighborhood, known for that, people migrated down from Harlem because Harlem was being, like, white flight was happening, and they came down from Harlem in the 1930s and created communities in Bedford-Stuyvesant. So when you would go into Bedford-Stuyvesant, even four years ago, Four years ago, like, let's say at minimum, it was, you walk down the street, it's black people sitting on their stoops. You say, what's up? They say hi back. It's always, you know, when black people cross each other, we always speak for the most mm-hmm. part, even if it's with a head nod or an actual vocal way to speak. Now, when you go to Bedford-Stuyvesant, it's white folks on stoops. They are very insular. They aren't talking to each other. So then when you go to the other blocks, the other streets where black people still are, it's different. Yeah, People aren't necessarily talking to you because I think people get used to being shunned by other folks not talking to them, by white white folks, by white people not talking to them, that they think that this is now the way the neighborhood is. Yeah. You know, like you start treating everybody like that, people start becoming insular because they probably tried to speak to the white family and then nobody got, no one spoke back. Um, It also becomes, I think gentrification creates fear and people, if they, you know, people literally in neighborhoods, white folks primarily will walk up to homes and ask how much they're for. Yeah, that does. People have overdrivers. Everybody really from here. Yeah. I've talked about that a lot about, about being approached. So I think if you start to get weary, Mm-hmm. You know, not start to, you just are weary anyway, especially if you're black in this country. And then people walk up to you and you don't know who they are. So it's not like this idea that you can just relate to them anymore or just be like, oh, hey, what's up? That's my neighbor. You just moved in or it's community. It's not community anymore. That's what justification no. does. It destroys community, destroys right. culture. Though they will say that it revitalizes no, community. No, just brings cafes and, you know, very... Particular businesses, not really, it's not a wide diversity of businesses that you see in gentrified neighborhoods. What are some of the businesses y'all normally see in gentrified neighborhoods? Tasha, you can name two, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of them. You know, what do y'all usually see? Stop hitting my leg so I can get in here. But you keep Under leaving it, babe. I'm, right I'm trying here. to be discreet, but you keep leaving the screen. You're not discreet. Bars, yoga studios, Starbucks. Starbucks. Yep. yep. When you see the Starbucks, you already know. Chipotle. People still eat Chipotle. With exposed brick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tattoo shop. Yep. Tattoo shop. Pastry shops. Yep. Yeah. Oh, also meat and cheese places. What are meat those called? Charcuteries? Charcuteries are just a wine shop. Wine shop. I would say baby stores, baby clothing stores, True. ice cream shops, but you just like very oh, yeah, like yeah. yeah, not Dunkin' not like Baskin Robbins. Cidery, Cidery. okay. Oh, yeah, I would say really indie bookstores, not a Barnes and Noble stores like American Apparel, American even though they're gone. Thank God. Anything artisan, 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 artisanal chocolate artisan. latte house, comic stores. That's true. Expensive decor, decor yep. stores, yeah. Yep. Beer gardens, absolute breweries. Oakland. <laughs> Oakland. <laughs> Classy piece of places. <laughs> Distillery. <laughs> yep. And the list goes on and yeah. on. Yep. And I think, and so so that's another thing that I want to, so the, the game to give on that about, 
you know, white people and their culture vulturing and their gawking and making our cultural traditions mere spectacles of spicy food and paint and, you know, noise flags. and flags right. and music that they haven't heard. Right. Um, I'm not going to let it happen. And so I think I, he deleted all the posts. He didn't delete my comment. He just deleted the entire post. Mm-hmm. He um, needed to. Because that's hella distasteful. Yeah. And they also just use Ramen our deaths. Ramen spots. That's hilarious. Yeah. And they also just use our deaths as an excuse. Yeah. Um, to defend some, like he started talking about, oh, and now the transsexuals don't have any rights and, and now DACA and now like white people with a, the activism is so convenient. It's really mm-hmm. like a fast food shop. Mm-hmm. Let me throw whatever Trump do. I'm about to throw it all in my bag mm-hmm. of tricks of neoliberal tricks and now say that I give a fuck. It's like I'm going to throw it all out there. It's like watching television and seeing, like, if you watch CNN and then the whole, the streamlined news at the bottom, it's like, okay. That's a white person's Eric mind. Garner di- <laughs> Eric Garner dies and now DACA and now Trump is president and now it's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, so that's a, that's a white person's mind. Right. Like, and all outside of, all outside of you, rather than you are in, you are absolutely responsible for these things happening. Yes, you are you perpetuate complicit, yeah, yes. and you perpetuate it. Yes, um, there and I'm really, and I think that if if that's something I'm really tired of today, is that fucking rhetoric. White yeah. people from nonprofit corporation owners to fucking politicians to the lady down at the the coffee shop on the corner. It's always this point of reference syndrome. It's yeah. always this detracting and deferral to another white person yeah. and not to a white system that they also benefit from. Yeah. They're really, if y'all, anybody who is white out there watching this, get them for me. Cause they're really wearing me the fuck down. With get who? Get, get white, other white people. You know what? Wear, I'm here for okay. that rhetoric, but I think that they also need to get themselves. Okay, I yeah. don't think any sort of work. Yeah. I don't think white people do any sort of internal work. At all. It's in all the, like, it's all it's like, in the wake of, in the wake of, exactly, in the wake of, in these times, um, these are really hard times right now, in this particular moment, the, all that nonsense needs to stop. You need to go this way yeah. and start looking at how you are perpetuating these systems. I feel like I broke a record how many times I've said this, but I'll say it again. How many times, how are you perpetuating these systems? You, not your brother, not your sister, not the black person that you can bring into your, you know, coffee shop that you just opened in the black neighborhood, not any of that shit shit how could you have actually worked with the community members and opened a coffee shop how could you have handed over the money to a black person and opened a they'll hair say salon? they've tried yeah, no, they didn't try shit and if if it didn't work then go, don't do it <laughs> why is that so hard don't just be like well this is what i want to do and this is where i want to have it have your shit on fifth avenue well just like jodita is that your name they also present themselves as an activist when all they want to do is capitalize on yeah. it yeah, it's all is... capitalizing. And that's all what these organizations are doing. And I hope people stay woke around it. They're all capitalizing on a time. They're all capitalizing on pain. It's all about, let me see how much pain you have. I got, can't tell you how many emails I have about DACA and how I need to um, donate to such and such organization to support um, DACA and immigrants living here. That's bullshit. That's not going to help any immigrant being here. That's going to help that executive director making more, you know, money than they already make. So it's just, it's really upsetting. And I really, I wish that white folks did as much internal work that we have to do. It's it's a privilege that they get to, you know, sit down and write in a journal about how they're complicit in white systems. Or that they get to go on Facebook and talk about about it. We have to literally sit with it all the time. We're always sitting with it. We're always having a conversation about how we are impacted by white systems. It would be great for people to have a conversation of how they're, we even have conversations of how we're complicit in white systems. Yeah. We just did. Leagues of black people have. Conversation about immigration is a conversation of how we're complicit in that system. So I, look at us. Said it once, I said it twice. Black people are leagues ahead in their emotional intelligence capacity than white people. That's a whole podcast. Uh, Hey, leagues ahead. It just is what it is. We had to be. It's a survival tactic. You don't have to when you when you're a white person. You don't have to be emotional intelligent. Yeah. You don't have to be. Why would you have to be? 
Yeah. You can get any job you want. You can move. My friend just told me that someone, she's trying to get an apartment in Brooklyn. The person that showed her the apartment moved from Oregon to New York City, got a job in Nolita, which is just near Soho, um, and now has an apartment in Brooklyn. How is that possible? How is it possible that you moved from Oregon, got a restaurant job in Nolita, and now you live in Brooklyn, showing an apartment to other people so you can get roommates? Right. How sway? Right. <laughs> To, literally to move into an apartment in Brooklyn, it costs them at minimum $5,000 at right. minimum. And that's literally minimum. That's yeah. lucky. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm done. I'm tired. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think, and also these conversations about white people, they're also just not having them. Y'all they're not, y'all, they're not having them. They're not having them at this level. They're still at the allyship stage. Yeah. We've already canceled allyship probably two, three years ago. And these are the questions that they continue to ask. These are the things that they continue to laud themselves for. I'm an ally. I'm doing this and that. Mm-hmm. Except the thing that would actually shift something. Mm-hmm. So moving on from them motherfuckers to um, our conversation around. Are we going to talk? You want to talk about which one you want to talk about? Where we There's at? lots of natural disasters going on. on. So I just want people that I have. My family lives in Puerto Rico. If you didn't know that. Um, so I'm nervous about Irma coming, but this is also just that time of year when hurricanes happen. Um, so yeah, if you have folks in Florida, especially South Florida in the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, um, any of the islands and just, I just want to make sure that y'all are safe, that y'all are good. That you're taking care of yourself, that you have water in your house. Um, that you're staying away from windows whenever it says that the storm is supposed to hit. Do not go the fuck outside, please. I know people like to go out. I know in Puerto Rico, people also surf. Please don't do that. Please just stay home, stay inside. Do not go outside. Do not be by, you know, electrical poles. Don't do it. Yes, Elsie, yeah. the U.S. South Florida, stay your ass at home. Um, Nigeria, there's lots of flooding right now. Um, there's still mudslides in Sierra Leone. So just stay, you know, aware of these places. Make sure you're not donated to places like the Red Cross. They are bullshit. Again, no, no redcross.org. Right. We will have that information available to you. Money is going to their executive director. They can't even tell you how much money is going to, um, victims in Houston. Um, yeah, I'll keep spreading knowledge about this, but I just wanted to send, just love also and awareness and about India. all of that for yeah. sure. And Bangladesh and India is a lot of that going on too. Yeah. Um, so there's hella natural disasters. There's hella climate change happening. There climate hella- change is like oh, uh, I feel like we need to have a podcast about that because I just don't know enough about climate change. But one of my so really, mm-hmm. really, really, really good friends does conversations about climate change and racial justice and how they're completely connected. Um, Cynthia, I would love for you to be on the podcast to drop some gems on that. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. And if any of y'all have any game to give around climate change, let us know. Just, 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 uh, lace us, lace our shoes up about climate change. I know a bit about it. Um, I know that weather systems do have natural patterns. Um, however, this is super unusual and anybody who says that it's not, is just, dumb and mm-hmm. at that point and not really willing to read um environmental justice all yeah. day yeah for um, sure right and even having access to that knowledge around climate change is something to be looked at yeah yeah i don't know how much time we have we talk too much i don't know it don't matter it does we're rocking with y'all we have seven, seven minutes left oh shit okay, we're talking about gender let's talk about gender real quick or should we just talk about insecure and we'll save gender all right, let's start talking about y'all, y'all motherfuckers watch Insecure? Do y'all watch Insecure? Do y'all, I feel like there's so many things. People talk about gender. There's so yeah. many thing pieces about oh, Insecure. Oh, Harp, Harp. Yes, Harp was discontinued, I think, two years ago. Um, that I do know about. It is mired in conspiracy theory. Harp is a real thing. Um, oh, you were talking about that. it changes weather patterns and weather systems, I do not know. Dumb or has a financial incentive to call climate change something else. Shout out to who said that because that's absolutely true. Who has what? Um, I was like, if you don't believe that climate change is real or that you don't see the connections, um, you're dumb. And then this person was like, or have a financial incentive to say it doesn't exist. Oh, word. Word, um, for sure. And that's just hella real. Um, but... 
Yeah, but harp, yeah. So harp is it was. Don't a, go into harp, babe. We only got six minutes. We only got six minutes. Mm-mm. Check out harp. Is you gonna go on YouTube and you're gonna go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories and you're gonna meet your straw man and all the more. <laughs> Shout out to Cindy again. Lee. All right, <laughs> alkaline water, right? Yes, yeah, get your alkaline together. Jeez, Louise. Okay. <sighs> What's going on, South Carolina? Okay, so are we talking about insecure? Are we talking about gender? We'll talk about gender. We'll give a we'll give a to preview. Gender. Okay. Cause I've been, it's every, it's my everyday life. So y'all, I'm a sexuality educator, a real deal one, meaning that I have my degree. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna use my educational privilege here to talk about that because a lot of people that call themselves sexuality educators or sex educators, and they don't have any training other than they like to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. So be weary of the ways of the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I even have a little vulva on my arm. Ooh, oh, so that really makes me real. the real deal. Oh, you know it's wow, real. Wow, um. Yeah. So what I specialize in is talking about gender, conversations about gender. Um, I teach a class at Columbia University called Beyond He and She, Exploring the Gender Binary, which is really just us dismantling the gender binary. I know you all saw my Afropunk outfit, which was an ode to the work that I do um, on the back of the jean jacket said, gender is in your brain. Shout out to Nikki for embroidering that in like three days. It was sickening. Um... Gender is in your brain. Gender is in your brain. brain Say little brain, bitch. Brain, gender is in, in your, your brain. brain. You can't fuck with me. Gender is in your brain. Okay, you get pun right. okay. 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 or two. Okay. You, you just said we only had a couple minutes. We only have a couple. Oh, now you cut me short? Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. So gender is in your brain. Um, and a lot of people think that it's between your legs. They think it's genitals. They also think it's what you wear. They think it's how you walk. They think it's how you talk. And that's a different thing. But your gender identity is in your brain. How you identify yourself all in your brain has nothing to do with your genitals, has nothing to do with how you dress, how you walk, how you talk. It may be informed by those things, but it doesn't have to be. So just remember that, spread that news. Um, And in a lot of my relationships, it often happens that the person that I am with, they will explore their gender in a particular way. So I feel like I'm like a gender shaman or some shit. Oh, okay. All right. right. Fine. 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 You're not. Fine. But what I will actually, so, so babe, a lot of times people say gender is confusing. I saw somebody over here say, it's so many, there's so many genders, gender is confusing. What do you have to say to people who think that gender is confusing? It is confusing. It's complex. It's not, it's not simple. So great. It's confusing. Wow. A lot of people what say makes that. It confusing? A lot of people say that because they want to be able to put it in a box. They want to be able to say, okay. You know, the baby said, the doctor says that we're having a girl. That means everything needs to be pink. Um, and they need to get their ears pierced and they need to wear dresses and I need to find a girl name, but it's not that simple. It's very complex. And I think people want it to be simple so they can understand it. Mm. Um, so that's what I say to folks that say that it's okay to be, you know, frustrated by it. But it's not simple. It's wow. very complex. It's for complex for everyone. It's not just oh, it's complex for trans folks. No, or no, or gender nonconforming. No, it's it's complex for cis people too. For it's just how I think works. it's more complex for cis people. Absolutely, because <laughs> cis people have to constantly be putting themselves in this little tiny box um, that they think is reality, and it's not. Well, how somebody asked, well, how do you understand the gender topic then? The gender topic, I mean, you could take a class with me. I mean, this is a longer conversation. It's determined, you have to ask me specific questions. So send it's, in your questions. Send in your questions about, about gender. gender. To hood rats. And head wraps but I think the first who what is it hood rats and head wraps at gmail.com but I I've think practicing holler at your boy <laughs> I think the first thing to understand is that gender is in your brain you can say that as many times as you need um and it gets a little easier to understand because a lot of people think that they can assume other people's genders as well and that's not true is it more convenient to um well, I ask this question, a quicker question. How does the how does the binary influence the ways that we think and talk about race, specifically in this country? I feel like there's a specific answer that you want from me, and I no, don't know. no, I don't, I don't. How does the how binary... does how does the gender binary and race intersect? What are some ways that that men that the binary shows up, particularly in the black community? 
What? T- tell me more about what you're asking me. I'm just. I'm. No, so, you're not just asking. So because you're you're not, okay, so here's no. <laughs> I don't think that we don't have time to answer that. Right. I'm like, this is Look, a big ass question. I, I also think that people conflate sexual identity and gender identity all the time. Jodita, heterosexual norms leave so many people out. Oh, we we got one minute left. Yeah. I knew this was gonna happen. So it. Yeah. So sexuality and gender identity are super distinct. You taught me that. Yes. But. The question that I'm asking is that I am going to push back on the idea that it is that gender is somehow complex, but it's that white supremacist patriarchy has made it complex. And that actually is no, really simple. White supremacist patriarchy has made it simple. It is actually complex. And if we celebrated that it's complexity, it would be a lot easier and a lot of people would not be dead today. If we actually celebrated its complexity and stopped trying to push it into little tiny boxes and make it simple. It's right. beautiful to be complex. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. That I could be femme today and mass tomorrow is a matter of gender being complex. Right. And people don't allow that. They're like, but wait, what are you? Right. But wait, what, like, what right. is that called? Like, no, that's not how that works. Right, right. Complexity. It's and not people, difficulty. Right. Exactly. And some people also mentioned in, in response to my question about um, colorism and masculinity and femininity. So they yep. put dark skin and masculine, like. All of these different things mm-hmm. um, that we only we don't have fifty one seconds to talk about, right? So but we're gonna talk about it in the next episode episode of Hood Ratchet Head. Rap. You're gonna talk about your identity as a trans man. You're person. gonna talk, talk about, about being your a identity as a femme yeah. person. You don't always. I don't always talk. I don't get the space to talk again. Gender being complex, people are immediately like, that's a woman. And I don't right. necessarily identify as a woman. And I don't know that I have a lot of space to talk about what that looks like for me as a cis presenting person. Cis presenting person. Right. right. And I also feel like the honest is also on me as a trans person to always be like, hey, I'm going to explain to you how the fuck this is. Right. And it shouldn't be. Cis hood people rats. need to start talking about this. Hood rats. Up. Hood rats in head wraps. All right. We got to go. Babe, sign off. All right. Love, love you. Y'all. We you don't want to be in the face.